welcome back to On the Outskirts with me, Sophia Rosemary, and Alice Catherine. So, how have you been since we last saw each other? I feel like that wasn't that long ago, actually. No, it was about a week ago. I said now. that then, like I was complaining about it. <laughs> like, I see you far too much. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm good. I've been uh, absolutely rained on. So, you know, when you're like trying to shake a bad mood a little bit. So, yeah, the weather sorry. hasn't <laughs> been the best today. No. But it was glorious yesterday, so. and um, Typical Manchester. Oh, yeah, very typical, unreliable Manchester weather. Sorry, Manchester. Um, but it doesn't put us in good stead for Glastonbury as well, I've got to say. I'm a little bit worried. No, I'm really worried, actually, because I was pretty spoilt with my first year which was two years ago now was it two years ago yes there's a break in in between Uh yeah um it was so hot almost too hot so I feel like this year could potentially be the polar opposite which I am not prepared for um yeah but yeah it is what it is isn't it it's all part of the festival British festival form very true (laughs) but I mean there's mud and then there's Glastonbury mud not to scare you or anyone else who's going to Glastonbury for the first time this year yeah I feel like by this point they should have done something. They need to do something about that mud. <laughs> Put some lino down. Put some lino down. A bit of turf. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of a bit uh, a bit worried about that. But uh, yeah, no. Apart from that, I have been very good. I feel like we've both had quite busy weeks this week, haven't we? And you know, when you're a bit kind of like, I need a night by myself to just switch off and not yeah, just not do anything. Kind of soak in everything that's happened and just relax a <laughs> yeah. little bit yeah how have I got here yeah um so because I know you've had a busy week as well like what exactly have you been up to just lots of work things um just work stuff <laughs> <laughs> like no uh, yeah just a few last minute deadlines that came through um and then I'm also going away to Italy on Saturday um so by the time this is out you'll probably have seen all my Pickies. Pickies. <laughs> All my snaps. Funny pics. Um, of me eating bread and sat by the bread baskets and looking at the bread baskets. And uh, <laughs> kissing the bread basket. Yeah. Um, um, how smug are you that you've planned a last minute holiday and the weather's hideous? It was so stressful planning a last minute holiday because we did plan to go to San Fran, so we were going to do a bit of an American kind of road trip thing. Uh-huh. Um the reason that we were doing it is because Sam uh, has a new job, so he's got five weeks off. So we just thought it's a good time to kind of do something. Um, but because Glastonbury's at the end of the month, and I'm also freelance, it just didn't seem like the right time to do it. It was yeah. it's very expensive to do an American trip, and it takes a lot of planning. And I also just got a sense that, you know, when you go somewhere that just encourages you to spend money, and America is one of those places for me, oh, lots like, of places like in York. America. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't need that at the minute. I don't need to come back with a suitcase full of stuff that I don't need. I'd much rather just go and... I feel like what my soul needs is just a couple of weeks reading books and just having nice food and swimming in the sea. So, yeah, very chuffed that it's Com- all organised and sorted. Complete and utter you time. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then Sam the just being annoying, <laughs> like, can we do something? I don't want to sunbathe anymore. <laughs> no. Quiet you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so you've just been doing work stuff then? Works. Why do I keep just saying that work stuff? Work stuff. Work stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mainly. Um, just trying to get like all my Portugal content up as well from that. All the kind of out, summer, summery outfits that we shot out there. Yeah. And just trying to keep that ticking along really. But yeah, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to get things up and really nobody's waiting for all it's, of these things. Do you know what though? It's so hard though because I found this where the weather is not to go back to the weather in a typically British style but the weather's been so up and down at the minute that I'm really I don't know where I stand with my content because I'll have a really summery outfit that I'll be like oh I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll post that and then it suddenly rains and I'm like it just doesn't seem relevant so relevant, I feel a yeah. bit all over the place but then also it's the time when a lot of people are booking holidays so a lot of people are doing the holiday shopping yeah. and stuff so I, I think like it's never people will always want to see that type of stuff yeah, very true. And for me, Instagram content's more about, I like just looking at pretty outfits that maybe I can't wear. That's the whole point sometimes. It's yeah, just, just like, to be inspired like, yeah, by just, them. Not it's a bit more dreamlike and the, the same way you kind of look into a magazine and think, oh, that's amazing. I could never wear or afford that. But 
True, it's nice to true. dream. Like Pinterest, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I still no. think it's good to have that element of like fantasy about. Yeah, don't take everything so literally. Yeah. 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 Um, gosh, and if you bought everything you liked on Instagram. Well, I'd be bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be having to make tents out be in of prison clothes. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, this week I did something quite exciting. I shot my, uh, my Joni collection. I shot them yesterday. Have you, have you t- did we mention what they were? Um, we say- that's why I hesitated. Yeah. I was a bit like, uh, so yeah, maybe I did. So it's a t-shirt collection with yeah. Joni clothing um, and it's going to launch in a few weeks and I've kind of alluded to it now on my Instagram. Well, it'll potentially be out, won't it, when this podcast comes out? Oh my God, yeah. In which case? In which case, we'll leave a link <laughs> in the show notes so you can check those yes. out. I've seen them all um, and they're all really cool. So I think, I think oh. people are going to like them. Thank you, friend. I hope they're, <laughs> I they're need all those horrible. <laughs> I need those words of comfort right now. I'm very nervous, um, but no, yeah. they're really cool. And do you know what? I've not seen. Do you know, like a couple of years ago, slogan T-shirts were everywhere, mm-hmm. and just like T-shirts were everywhere. I've not seen any like good T-shirts at the minute. Well, that's, so I feel like there's yeah. definitely a gap to kind of bring those back. And yeah, I just think. Well, I hope these fill the gap. I think they're going to go down um, well. But yeah, we'll link all of that kind of stuff in the show notes as well if you want definitely. to check those out. Um, the shoot went very well though. I'm very pleased with how it went. I so, saw a dog on set. Can, um, can, can I have more info? Yeah, please? there was a dog on set. <laughs> Is he going to be uh, part of the, or she going to be part of the um, pictures? Uh, possibly. Lily. Yeah. Lily the Cocker Spaniel, I think oh. you're talking about. She was a last minute addition. And my God, she stole the show. Did you see her beautiful golden hair? I did. It's like very sheer jealous. blonde inspo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I really need to tell you this really bizarre story though before the shoot um, there was an 11 week old cockapoo in Piccadilly train station mm. so obviously I went over and a guy was with the dog obviously it wasn't just on its own yeah. <laughs> catching a train to London that would have been even better I'm like like completely it stunned. straight up um, <laughs> straight so, yeah. into the tote bag <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just scooping it up <laughs> nothing to see here um, so yeah this guy had this 11 week old cockapoo so I went over obviously and um, I was just talking to him and I was saying always for 11 weeks he's doing really good to be in such a like a big busy public place Mm. because he was saying they were going on somewhere else anyway he basically came out saying this dog had been on tour with them so I was like well who's his and he was saying it was his boss's dog it was Lulu's dog really Really? yeah I hope he wasn't lying to me (laughs) I know so I text Joe saying I've just met Lulu's dog and he was like oh (laughs) Lulu was in. Lulu, did I say Lulu three times? Then Lulu, he just kept going. He just kept going on and on. Yeah, (laughs) started yodeling. I think I did about three or four Lulus then. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, that's really tickled me. I thought you weren't here, but then I was like, is there somebody else like more current that I've not heard that's called Lulu? Because I'm not very down with the kids these days. Well, apparently you're not the only one. Joe was also very... uh, He didn't know who she was. No, he knew who she was, but he was like, who? (laughs) Like, we don't know a Lulu. That's crazy. She's still Uh, touring as well. Hmm. Well, apparently she's going around with Take That. Oh. Like I said, I'm going off what this stranger said to me. <laughs> so my God, he might be wrong. Yeah. But then he, uh, anyway, whatever. That's my story. <laughs> so, moving on. Any good TV? Anything that you've watched I recently? I was actually about to ask you the same. Because um, I finished Chernobyl. Very good. Would yes. recommend. Not going to waffle on about it too much because I spoke about it in the last one. Um, but I did see a few things on Twitter saying that um, giving... Um, anxiety warnings like trigger warnings with it um saying that it was right. some, somebody said it was worse than any horror film that i've ever watched i didn't get that as a fan of like horror film growing up and stuff i've seen a lot worse yeah <laughs> um and i think if you can watch something like handmaid's tale then you've got no issue with chernobyl there's no kind of torture in it or anything like that but it's just it's really educational and then they show um they sh- there's a lot about kind of the science behind it and what right. actually went wrong and then they show a lot of kind of real photos and footage of the people that were that were involved um, oh i love that and it's all set in obviously this was like communist russia as well so it's it's just really interesting and just i think it's a really um it's a really amazing story to bring to life these people the few people that were helping and that put their lives at da- in danger as yeah. well um because it was obviously such a horrific time to live um in russia but um, such a positive positive message from such a uh, horrendous thing yeah, about kind of like human condition and human kind of just like spirit as well. Um, a lot of 
these scientists um, and the people that were really trying to get to the bottom of the story willingly gave themselves like radiation poisoning and stuff so they could have just fleed and just yeah. thought this has got nothing to do with me but they were the people that could help and could prevent it happening again I felt like there was a lot of peas in there <laughs> Peter <laughs> I'm, just, I'm stuttering today I don't know what's wrong um, with me, me and it's the stress of the week literally can't talk today at all so good luck listening to this uh, yeah but that was good and I also started another kind of I was going to say spooky who uses that word <laughs> another <laughs> Another spooky watch. Honestly, um, another te- dystopian. No, not dystopian, but a dystopian by itself. Watch. Um, Airy. Can we use yeah, the word Airy? Is years and years on the BBC with uh, Emma Thompson. Uh, I find that a lot scarier than Chernobyl. Um, right. Just because it's so. Um, it's obviously set in the future, um, and there's a nuclear war that kind of breaks out, and Emma Thompson plays a sort of Katie Holmes character. Katie Holmes, Katie Hopkins, not Katie Holmes. Completely different people. Katie Holmes yeah. is lovely. I love Dawson Creek. Sorry, Katie Holmes. Katie Hopkins. Um, so she's a bit controversial. Yeah, a bit, a bit controversial. A bit of a loudmouth. Says things that um, hopefully you'd like to think not most of the population were thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really really good. I've only watched a couple of episodes, but I'll report back on that next ep- next episode um, because I'm really enjoying it. I think it's good. Um, I think I'm going to start. Chernobyl tonight, yeah, uh, because I've got the house to myself, yeah. Um, apart from Pep, Pep will be present Mm -hmm. because I was putting it off because I did think, oh gosh, like is this going to be a bit much to Mm -hmm. watch on my own? Because I know Joe won't sit through it. Um, and I just thought, no, I'm going to do it, it's fine. Um, but that years and years does, I've seen them pushing that on BBC iPlayer, it's really good. It's 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 quite scary though because it's sort of all the things that we're living in fear of now brought to life on the screen. So you're a bit like, oh, this is actually like staring into what the future could be like. Whereas some yeah. things you're like, hmm, bit far-fetched. Maybe it could happen, maybe it won't. But Especially in the last year, like I feel like um, the talking about how the planet will be in a few years is becoming more of a hot topic. Ooh, yeah, it's a big theme in, me- yeah. in media and film and stuff yeah, like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Black Mirror is also back. People are actually saying that, that years and years is basically what block- the last few series of Black Mirror could have been. So I'm not as I feel like now every time Black Mirror comes back I'm less excited. It's just not the same as it. I think when it first started, um, it was a lot grittier, wasn't it? Yeah, and I feel like Black Mirror had the ability to make you feel uneasy and disturbed about things which you didn't really even know you would find harrowing. If yeah. that makes sense, there like there are still certain scenes that happened in uh, the old Black Mirrors that if I think about now still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Not TVs, but um, used a lot of very uncool terms. On oh this no, we have our we. Oh no, I'm, heebie-jeebies explains what. We're just I'm, very uncool you know. guys. Like, what can we say? <laughs> um, um, whereas, yeah, Miley Cyrus is in it as well, isn't she? Which, like, like Miley Cyrus, but you know that is a far cry from what Black Mirror started as. Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. I do think it's got a bit Americanized now. Um, for lack of a better kind of description. Um, but yeah, I, I'll still watch it. I, I feel like it's always just a good binge watch anyway. And um, yeah. I do really love Charlie Brooker's writing and stuff. So we'll see. We'll report back on that one yes. as well. Um, um, and you've got... So Killing Eve starts in the UK this weekend. I think it's tomorrow, actually. Yeah. So it really buzzing about that. And then Big Little Lies starts. And you were saying before recording about... Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I think Ooh, you look puzzled. Why? Because you were saying that it might be the American date that I have in my head. So Possibly. it does. Well, it should be out in the US 100% by the time this podcast is out, but I'm not sure if it'll be in the UK. But either way, I'll be finding a way to watch it. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Um, Where there's an internet link, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, and actually saying that, Big Little Lies, I don't know if that's going to be the same, mm. if that's just US, but I don't know, because now TV, I think it normally does yeah. air them all. Yeah. Um, but I haven't actually been watching anything, not since, um, what, I mean, I can't even think what I've done this. How have I ended up here? <laughs> what I really need to know. Um, we just carried on with uh, Sopranos, which I do love now. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen. I feel like I just need to get into that. Maybe, maybe it's one. I feel like there's a specific time 
or a specific headspace when you start a series that's that meaty and that talked about. Yeah. It's like I'd have to be in some sort of deep depression to start watching Game of Thrones. Like I'd have to have <laughs> I'd have to be wow. wallowing in self pity or have some sort of I don't know, like a bro- a broken leg or I have yeah, to, where I'm like laid up at home for three days or yeah, three you weeks. Need to commit. Yeah. Because once I get I'm no I'm all or nothing with series when I get addicted to them. So if I start something like that and I get sucked into it, yeah, it's just not good for me. There's no very bad. I remember when I um discovered Walking Dead, I don't think I washed for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up a zombie? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I look like an extra, so <laughs> Um, well, it is because I, I, I wanted to clarify because the last time I mentioned Sopranos, I said I didn't, I wasn't really that keen on it, and I'm sure loads of people who are Soprano fans because everyone loves it, don't they? Rave yeah. about it. So I now want to let you know that I have succumbed to how good it is. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's it for me. Like I actually could do with a bit of um, inspiration with series and what to watch. Well, there's yeah, lots coming back. Yeah. So. Exactly. So it well needed. Anything else? Have you been buying anything? Doing anything exciting? Been anywhere new for food? <laughs> um, that well, that was a lot. To, any, all of those questions are a lot. To any favourite snacks to report? <laughs> <laughs> we went and had a little nosy at. Um, so Stockport has opened up uh, like a food market hall called the mm. Produce Hall, mm. and it was. So we went and had a little. It's been open a while though, mm. so I don't know why we've only just gone and had a nosy um, yesterday, but we did. Oh, I know why, because I messaged them saying, uh, is it dog friendly? And they only got back to me the other day saying it was. So we were like, sold. You had no choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was really, really nice um, and actually really reasonable priced. Um, we had uh, like steaks and halloumi fries and I think mm. it was like, um, I think it was about £15 for both of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah, really good. Um, and the pizzas looked delish so yeah that was actually quite a nice little uh discovery um how about you anything new or exciting no I don't feel like I've had any kind of date nights or anything for a while um me and Sam are just a bit like passing chips yeah. in the night at the minute it does happen like that yeah. though, doesn't it um and he's been like catching up with friends and stuff because he's finished this has been his first week off work so he's been kind of doing all those things that he's wanted to do for a while yeah so I've just kind of let him do whatever he wants to do whilst I've been sort of catching up with work and things like that so Hence why this holiday is much needed. Um, so I'm sure there'll be lots of catching up and food. Yeah. And all that good stuff. Um, I do think, though, as a, as like when you're freelance, I do that sometimes where Joe will come home and I'll almost want to push him out the door a bit because I'm, like, working. And I'm yeah. like, can you not be in my space? I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm already thinking, like, God, he's off for five weeks. <laughs> five <laughs> weeks. That's a long time. And it's just sod's law, isn't it? Normally you're sat at home thinking, God, I wish there was someone here to, like, talk to. And then as soon as they are there, you're just like, oh, somebody else to clean up after, <laughs> like, <laughs> someone else to distract me from work. So Yeah, that is basically it. Joe doesn't understand as well if I can have like my laptop in front of me I can be fully engrossed typing away mm. with my notebook whatever and Joe will still want to strike up a conversation with me <laughs> I'm like can you, you not you're always just like yeah I'll I'll do it just after I've done these emails <laughs> like yeah. you start at first nice and then it's yeah. like yeah the more he tries it's like can you just not yeah <laughs> I do breathe so I've realized I, I work so much better when I'm just on my own with no one yeah I don't even think I'd do well in a kind of I think a library type situation I'd do well in but I don't know how people go and work in cafes and things like that I just can't do it yeah. unless I've got headphones or something but I used to go to Ezra and Gill in yeah. Manchester all the time with my laptop um because I just find it really relaxing looking out the windows yeah. um but uh, I mean, it's tra- it's really busy in there now, so it's like I don't think it's a great working environment. It's always environment. so busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but even without, even aside from that, I, yeah, I'm the same. I've really changed. Like I don't think I'd be able to, to yeah. do that anymore. Anyway, we have rumbled on about. <laughs> Dear Lord, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this week's topic, shall we? Um, yes. We've decided to do female health, women's health, um, for this episode. Um, which is obviously like a really important topic just Extremely. in general. Um, but it's something like we feel we both have quite a bit to say on. Um, we've both had quite as females. Th- as females, <laughs> um, self identifying females. Um, and we've both had really different experiences with it as well. So we both feel like we've got something to kind of bring to the table. Um, and yeah, we hope it's going to be a nice conversation. Yeah. And I think as well, like all women's experiences with um, female health and anything around 
that ilk, everyone's different. And Everybody, so I think that's yeah. why the more people that talk about it, the better. Yeah, um, 100%. So I just thought I'd add that little nugget in there. So we've got some questions in front of us that we're going to get through. Yes. Um, shall we start way back when we started puberty, <laughs> I guess? Uh. Yesteryear. <laughs> Uh, when did you, I feel so weird asking you this, when did you start your periods? Um, but what was your sort of first kind of female health experience and when did you kind of start becoming aware that you were, I guess that your body was different from the men that were around you's yeah. bodies? Um, well, it's so weird cause I don't remember how old I was when I started. Do you know? Do you not remember no. where you were? Because I, I do. Oh, well, I remember what... I think I must have been about maybe 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. My mum had gone on holiday, and it was just, um, luckily, my, all my elder sisters were there. Yeah. And I remember getting up in the morning and realising, you know, I'd come on my period, and um, crying in the toilet. Oh. And my sister, Mel like you know passing me a sanitary towel and saying you know did you have really is... bad stomach pains or anything or is nothing it, just, it no. was just like bam yeah you're a woman <laughs> oh my god I just <laughs> sang on the podcast <laughs> um yeah and I remember you know giving me a sanitary towel and telling me what to mm. do and I remember crying and going I remember this so clearly going I don't want to wear a crisp packet in my knickers because <laughs> that's how it felt oh um, the Russell, the Russell we all know too oh, well. Oh, yeah. Where you roll over in the night and you're just like, oh. oh yeah, just all Get like, it off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when you first, when you first start wearing them as well, you're so acutely aware of oh, them. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And, it's and like, you feel like, like everybody walk, can like, see cowboy. it. <laughs> yeah, you feel like everybody can see it through your knickers and your pants and, yeah, it's horrible. So that was like, yeah, my first, that was when I started my period. Mine was How at business you? week. I remember it was business week at school. Business week? Yeah. Did you not have that? Where you had to get into teams and then you'd have to like become, I can't remember what it was, but you were given like a project. I hope your school um, weren't like taking advantage of you. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, open up your own Etsy account. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I remember doing that and I remember it was really, we were all in this big hall and they'd put tables together and stuff. And I remember I kept going out to the toilet and I was like, oh, I've got really bad pains. And then it wasn't until I got home, I just had a tiny little patch of blood in my knickers and I remember being quite excited and my mum was quite excited actually she was like oh because I was the first that's quite lovely first child and she was like oh you're you're a woman (laughs) it does make you want to sing the song it's all downhill from here (laughs) um that's quite nice though that you were kind of like excited about it because there is nothing I mean there's no point dreading it because you've got a whole lifetime of I think I was excited because I was a very late bloomer to the point where I still had milk teeth in high school like it was wow yeah um and not much boobs at all, and probably about about three pubes as well. So, so was that because <laughs> no? So was that because of um, like your school friends talking about it, and then yeah, you feeling like I'm different? All loads of the girls around me had like lots of them had really big boobs, and they always had like really sexy mm. underwear. They were all using tampons, and knew about different brands of tampons. And I was just waiting for like a raindrop of blood, like come on something. Like yeah. I just, I, I just thought, yeah, yeah. I was just, and I almost think something changes in your hormones as well when you start your periods. You do start to feel a bit more grown up in a sense. Yeah, you do. Then you start kind of being acutely aware of your body and why you're having this period, and you can start bringing contraception into the equation and things like that. And yeah, just a lot of different things that kind of happen around that time I guess so I was just excited to finally feel part of the pack I guess there is definitely a pressure I think of like your friends in school talking about periods or anything like that where you you're so desperate to be just like them and be at the same stage in adolescence as they are I remember feeling that way about my boobs I've got some like well, we both still have it small. Through, so. Yeah, we both got quite <laughs> still small waiting. Boobs. And I remember being dead upset about that when yeah. I was younger. But for no other reason than a couple of my friends had really big boobs, and I thought, oh, have I just n- not developed? I mean, yeah. now at the ripe old age of thirty, absolutely love my small boobs. Yeah, like, I love problem. mine as well. Yeah. Um. So away from periods, what was your sort of first experience around female health? Um. I guess. The issues for me, well, I say like issues surrounding kind of female health and stuff like that started to kind of happen around the time I started to want to be a bit sexual. So, yeah, I just, I remember having my first boyfriend um, and 
I really hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> I've got all like coy now. Yeah, I remember having like, well, my first and second boyfriend actually. Um, I remember kind of when it came down to like being sexually active and things like that. I just didn't feel, I didn't feel the same as everybody else. I felt like I was finding it really hard to okay. have anything that was sort of penetrating down there basically. I forgot to mention as well that it was the same when I first went to use tampons. So my little sister, who's like a few years younger, she started her period not too long after me, I don't think. Um, and she could straight away use tampons and things. And that was where a kind of alarm bell first went off in my head where I thought, maybe there's something that I need to get checked here because it seems like I'm struggling with this yeah. a lot more than you I should be. You so confused as well. So confused and it really alienating time as well because... It's almost like the boy you're with doesn't understand what's going on because they're used to just being able to get straight in there. (laughs) And then I don't understand what's going on. So it creates this weird space where you're both just like confused and you're young and then you're both a bit sexually inexperienced maybe. Um, And I also had bloody braces as well. So yeah, like my first kiss was with braces. Um, So you just didn't feel your utmost sexiest, is that what you're telling me? No, yeah, there was a lot of things going on with my my young body. It's just an awkward time anyway, so I think, and I think that's the problem, I think, um, I mean, obviously adolescence and going through puberty is an Mm -hmm. awkward time, Um, but on top of that, if you've got an issue with your female health or anything, any sort of health, it makes it even worse because yeah. it's like you're sort of finding the ropes and realising what's normal within yourself. So yeah. if there is an, I don't want to say an abnormality, but, you know, something which does need to get yeah. checked out, you almost don't know. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I've written about this on my blog, so I will put these blog posts, because it's, it's quite a lengthy story and a complicated one in terms of my female health story and the different kind of things that I've been through and stuff. Um, but I will put those blog posts in the show notes if any of you want to read them. Um, but yeah, I basically, for years and years and years, until I basically got to uni, didn't know what was wrong with me, why I couldn't have sex and why I couldn't That's put tampons in. Yeah, it was a long time. Um, and it's also, you feel like you've missed the boat a bit because everyone around you is being really sexu- sexually active or... You know, just like all those conversations that you and sort people of miss, talk, miss don't out they? On. People yeah. brag in in school, college, uni. It's yeah. it kind of makes people feel like they're really grown yeah, up, don't they? Yeah, and people are so they... interested in like whether you're a virgin oh, or not, yeah. and you're just like, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> like, so bizarre yeah, now when you look it back. Is, it is weird, yeah. And then it's um, yeah. So basically, I got to uni, um, was finding that I still basically couldn't have sex. Um, so I went to a doctor who diagnosed me with vaginismus, um, which is basically an involuntary spasm in the muscles surrounding your vagina. So it's basically, the the only way I can describe it is like hitting a brick wall, like nothing is getting in there full of yeah. normally. It's like closed off, like a Barbie doll basically. Um, so I went into um, therapy for that. So I went into um, regular therapy sessions because a lot of it is to do with your brain. So there's primary and secondary vaginismus. Um, and primary, I believe, is when you've had a sexual trauma. So victims right. of rape. or if It's you, like post-traumatic yeah, stress. Or like if you've had a really traumatic birth, anything like that. I think my mum experienced it a little bit when she had Rachel. Um, and then secondary is can derive from having thoughts where you just think you're too small and things like that so it can be it can be something as something as minute as say if you're having a first sexual experience with a boy and Mm. you're a bit seized up it's not really the right time you're not really ready you're anxious and then they say to you something like oh you, you feel really small down there that one little thing can trigger something like vaginismus so you build that thought up and up in your head and it snowballs until it becomes something that's like physical taking like a fear yeah basically yeah but it wasn't until (laughs) until years after that that I realized that it my vaginismus actually came about from sort of a good thing it was my body trying to protect itself so I was actually put to sleep um a couple of years ago Uh, for the first time to examine what was going on on the inside and it turns out that I actually had multiple things wrong with me on the inside so like I had a septum 
um, that was causing like a blockage. Um, I had um, a bit of my hymen that was still intact because I'd had a really unusual like hymen that was a bit thick. So, and then on top of that, something wrong with my tubes. So they went in and did all this stuff on the inside. And then when I woke up, the doctor was like, yeah, you'd had this vaginismus because your body was basically trying to protect itself from this stuff that was happening on the inside. There such mixed emotions hearing like what was going on on the inside, but also actually we now know what's what wrong with you yeah. yeah and then on top of that um at the same time they did a biopsy of the skin um because basically my opening just looks a bit smaller than it should be so she said that it looks like I have some sort of scar tissue so it turns out that this scar tissue was from a skin condition that I'd had developed when I was younger called lichkin sclerosis um not many people have heard of that, including myself. I'd never heard of it or vaginismus really until it happened to me. Um, so my body was essentially healing itself from the inside and the outside oh. all at once. So, yeah, it, it was just... It's a lot to take on. Um, so basically your body works harder than it... Harder than it than should, to. yeah. It's strange because I always think... I wonder if that's why all my piercings healed up. Because it's like I've got super fast healing yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's strange. So the way I've, I'm kind of like combating it now is with therapy. So I'm having therapy, um, which I'm hoping will kind of change my attitude surrounding sex and things like that. Because for me, it's obviously always primarily been a very touchy, hyper-emotional thing where I'd just left, be left feeling sort of deflated, frustrated unsatisfied yeah all of those kind of things um and then on top of that you have the guilt of sort of letting down the person that you're with as well so yeah an emotional <clears throat> yeah. capacity um with what i'm trying to think like a companionship level it can, yeah yeah like on top of feeling like you're frustrated with your own body you you almost have that sense i'm letting you're somebody else down with, yeah. yeah yeah i understand that yeah. and you find yourself lying to people as well like especially growing up and stuff you like have you had sex? Yeah. <laughs> so your first um, experience around female health, you're kind of still experiencing it now, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's ongoing. Come, yeah. Yeah, it's ongoing, um, and it's something that may be ongoing for the rest of my life. I'm not sure. Like, it might change when I have kids, because um, obviously having a child can open up lots of things yeah. down there, so maybe it'll just be that... I have more space to kind of enjoy sex a bit more and things like that. But yeah, at the minute, it's definitely like an ongoing thing. Um, and something that I kind of become a little bit numb to it now because it is, it's just anybody else that has a sort of chronic illness or anything like that, you, you, it just becomes part of you and it's always been part of my experience. So yeah. therefore, I don't feel like I've missed out on too Yeah, because much. you've never known anything. Yeah, and I've always had really nice understanding boyfriends, so it could have been so much worse, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so many horrible people out there that will just laugh at people, or... Oh, yeah, especially when you're a teenager, mm. it's such a trying time with who you can trust, and especially when you're, t you know, going through, like, your first sexual experiences, it's like, gosh, I look back on it now and I'm like, what a daunting time it is, like, quite a scary time. I mean, like, I've obviously never had um, female experiences uh, as a teenager, obviously, like, what you've had on, on the same level. But even, like... On Mine's a, very... Um, niche. Yeah, niche. I feel yeah. like a lot of... I mean, even when I say it out loud, I feel detached from it almost. Because yeah. I'm like, it is so bizarre to but have still all those... good to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. even, you know, on a lower level, like, um, cystitis or the first time you get thrush... It's such a scary experience. I remember the first yeah. time I got cystitis, being so scared. Like, I genuinely thought, like, this was it. I was going to die because it's so painful. Oh, it's horrible. It's awful. And I remember going home to my... Um, I was staying at my boyfriend's house at the time. I remember going home to my mum. And my mum kind of just sort of, like, not laughing it off, but just like, oh, it's fine. It's cystitis. Like, don't worry. And just being like, why aren't you more scared about I this? I guess once women have given birth, they're just a bit like, they've got no time for, yeah. like... <laughs> and also, that's the other thing as well, I think, especially with thrush and cystitis, it won't be the last time you'll have it when you're younger. Do you know what no. I mean? It's a reoccurring health issue that a lot of women suffer with. And same with thrush. Like, I remember the first time I got thrush, I rang the um, non-emergency um, number. Like, I'm dying. I think I'm dying. Um, My vagina's going to fall off. Because it is scary. It's like, it's just new experiences, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I did um, health and social care 
at A level. Right. So I had a bit more awareness about things like um, like STIs and um, HPV virus and things like that and cervical cancer. We kind of covered all of those topics. But having not done that at college, I wouldn't really have had any clue what was an STI, what was thrush, what was cystitis. Like, yeah. you just don't know, really, do you? you? Kind of, it's trial and error as you go along. Which leads me nicely on to my next question. Do you think we're, as teenagers, or just even as adults, do you think we're actually educated adequately on female health? Or, for that matter, not. contraception? 100% not. I no. mean, I don't know what the curriculum's like now in terms of sex education and stuff like that, but I do know that it's hopefully changing in the future. And I think there just needs to be way more discussion on things like consent, uh, sanitary products. I mean, all we were sharing, we had somebody come in, we had like an outer person come in from um, some sort of sexual health clinic and they just showed yeah. us how to put a condom on a banana. We just got showed a, a video of a woman giving, giving birth, birth in science, baby. yeah. And then that was it. we all threw a sanitary towel around for half an hour, like, oh, what's this? I guess, like, that was it. <laughs> have a feel yeah, of it. Feel, it's like, yeah. And most of you come on, have already come on your period by then, so it's like, great, yeah. thanks. No, I completely agree with you. I think it's mind-blowing now as an adult in hindsight looking back on how badly we were educated about our bodies and how much we were almost taught as women to um we weren't really taught about anything sexual it was kind of like you're a baby maker yeah it was i was i remember being taught in science about the sperm and the egg and ovulation and things like that but nothing to do with like what you actually need to know as a woman about your own body like these are the feelings that you might have and you you know um, just make normalizing you know female sexuality in a way so you know what I look back and I think no wonder um, female health isn't talked about enough because we were you're almost preconditioned to be coy about it yeah and contraception again is another one I look back now I mean I started taking uh, mycogynum when I was probably about 14 or 15 mm-hmm. because I'd get really, really irregular periods um, and when I did get them, they would be for a very long amount of time and very, very heavy. Painful, so they, yeah. yeah, so they put me on microguidance to regulate it and I never asked what was in it. I think, yeah. do you know what, I'm not even going to lie, I think at the time I was like quite pleased to be on yeah. the pill because I thought, wow, well, just, I feel so grown you up. You put your trust in people that are health experts don't yeah. you you're not really going to go home and google it but people do now don't they and they'll yeah. research something before they're put on it but that wasn't really part of our we didn't do that back then you were never we? and no. you were never given options mm. so it was never like okay there are these types of pills um it, I, I just felt like i was given this bog standard microgynum and you weren't taught to be curious about no. what you were being told about your body and i think now that's shifted now and we're taught to question everything yeah um, quite rightly so as well. Quite rightly so, yeah. Um, do do you use hormonal contraception, or when when did you start using it? Um, I first kind of looked into it when I was at uni, and I think it was the what's the kind of one that everybody's put on it first? Mycogynum. Yeah, that one. Um, and it just gave me really bad headaches and made yeah. me feel awful. I didn't feel like myself, so I came off it. But I mean, because of the conditions that I have, my kind of relationship with sex and my sex life has always been quite inconsistent. So I've just not been on anything. Since I guess hormonal then, contraception's really. the least. Yeah, of your yeah. Worries, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Do you know what though? I made a decision. How I think it's actually been nearly two years now to come off hormonal contraception. I had the implant, um, but I had it for the three years, mm. and it was an absolute breeze. And uh, my periods just stopped altogether, which for me wasn't actually that unusual because my periods had been so inconsistent. Mm. Sometimes I was literally only getting them like yeah, without any been inconsistent. Yeah, I so think with eating habits as well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, completely. Um, so that wasn't that was you know fine by my standards. Um, and then I got the implant taken out and a new one put in, mm-hmm. and then all hell was raised. I literally could not stop. I was just on a constant period. Oh, I remember this. So this was quite recent, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was, was two, it years, two ago. years ago. Yeah, we went to Rome and um, I wore a white dress and we sat down for literally five minutes on this bus, like a hop on, oh, hop off bus bus and I got up and there was literally a pool of blood <gasps> on the seat and you know when you're like it's your worst nightmare yeah, that isn't it when you wear is. white on your yeah. period and Joe had to take his shirt off and I tied so it back yeah. yeah just um, styling it out <laughs> and then yeah they're just like this isn't this isn't how I'm the style I'm repping mm. so yeah so just like which obviously makes you feel ashamed and embarrassed so I went to the doctors and was like I don't know what's going on like 
I'm having a strange reaction this time. And their resolution was for me to also go on microgynum at the same time. Mm. And I just so thought, you're pumping your body full of yeah, hormones. exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying that doc- doctors are, aren't trustworthy, but I'm sort of asking you this hormonal contraception I'm on isn't working. Why isn't it working? And your answer is to plaster over that with more contraception. Yeah. So in the end, I just said, take it out. I don't I don't want anything in. I just want to, I want to know what I'm putting in my body because yeah. I can't tell you what's in that. Implant. And you lose sight of what your hormones are as well and how your body works when you've got different ones pumping around you all the time. Yeah. I was going to ask actually, what are your hormones like? Are they kind of really prevalent in your monthly existence or do you kind of find that your periods are quite breezy now or... Um, well, like I said, mine have always been a bit odd, a bit all over the place. And now that I'm not using anything, mm. it's come back to that. But I'm fine with it. I have noticed the older I get, though, I can definitely notice the more emotional I am around my period. I PMS like a bitch. Like, do you? Yeah. How do you, do you find that you're affected by oh, hormones? so much. Which is the reason that contraception just scares me. Or, like, hormonal contraception, yeah. anyway. Um, just because I get so down. Um... Not to the point where like I'm depressed, but it's it's strange because I feel I feel the surge of hormones like coming through my body almost, and I know <laughs> like, that it's oh, like I'll be no. sat there and I'll just get angry over something, and I'm, it's almost like I'm watching myself from the outside because oh, I yeah. like I'll be I'll be sort of like I know I'm getting angry now and this is completely irrational, but it's my hormones. Yeah, and it's trying you know to you're being unreasonable, yeah. and it's trying to control those emotions as well so that you just don't become a really irrational person to be around. But yeah, I. I get it I get it get it really bad can get quite down quite emotional um and then normally like the first few days into my period I'm like a different person I'm happier again so and I get really really tired um I find it really hard to concentrate um and I get like really bad back pain and stuff like that so yeah I get it all oh you got all the Mm -hmm. symptoms it's funny as well because I think especially with the mood swings one I think we're kind of taught to laugh about it aren't Mm -hmm. we like the I mean, God forbid anyone actually say this to you, but, oh, you're on your period. Like, yeah. it's it's something that's been ingrained in, like, culture. Yeah. But actually, it can be the worst. Like, it yeah. can be... I've had it I've had it exactly like you're saying, where I've been like, am I going crazy? Yeah. Like, Joe will just be sat there, like, happily managing his own business, and I'll be like, yeah. can you stop? Yeah. Can you stop making that noise? Yeah, it's, yeah, little things just annoy you, and it is sort of... I, I guess you've just got to make sure that you're with someone that kind of is emotionally intelligent enough to understand <laughs> that it's just it's it's not you you're like it's not me it's my period yeah. yeah it's your hormones yeah because and even i do change yeah your personality does change a bit when you're around your period and stuff Completely. you don't become as i don't know you're just a lot more stressed out and a lot things get to you a lot more but hypersensitive aren't yeah you, so. completely and even i've done it before where like i'll be a really i'll be really touchy for like two days and then i'll come on period and i'll be like every freaking month it manages to trick me and I'm just like I knew I wasn't weak (laughs) I knew I was better than this but yeah periods though um away from like hormones affecting you day to day do you feel like um uh, I mean this is a good question to ask you because obviously Mm -hmm. you've you've had quite a a few issues how do you think they've affected you on like a day-to-day in terms of like your confidence um, your well-being mental health because they do have a huge knock-on effect massively so obviously um I've started therapy and I think I've got to that age now where I'm prioritizing my mental health whereas when you're younger you just try and sort of bury things in the sand a bit yeah um and a massive part of that kind of therapy for me has just been being vocal about it on my blog and talking to other people because I think I never had anything when I was growing up as an example, especially just hearing the word vaginismus would have saved me so much time because I had no idea what was wrong with me. Yeah. And a lot of the doctors I went to hadn't even... The, the word was never brought up. Yeah. So it made me question whether they even really knew so you that didn't much even about know it. Existed. No, I didn't know it existed essentially. And then when I found out about it, it took me ages to even come to terms with the fact that that was what I had because I'd almost it just almost seemed like an alien thing. Um. So there's definitely been this like big disconnect between my body and my mind. Yeah. Um. Which has kind of been a running theme throughout my whole life, really. Um. But, you know, you just you just kind of have to make the best of it. And it's not really, it's like I said, it's not preventing me from having, like, meaningful relationships. And 
you know, if anybody else out there is kind of suffering with a similar thing or, you know, like a chronic female, female health issue, it, it, it doesn't stop you. It shouldn't stop you from having meaningful relationships. I think you've just got to find those people that are just... Completely. Compassionate and that will just take their time and just be kind of gentle with you and understand what you're going through, I think. Because um, you don't understand it yourself half the time. No. And that's the bit that's sort of alienating because you just feel detached from your body. Yeah. Almost like it's this thing that you're just lugging around and you're just waiting. This burden. Yeah, it's like a burden. Yeah. Um, which is not a great way to feel about your body in any shape or form. I um, know, especially when, yeah, you're so able and you are healthy and you put things into perspective, mm. but they do have such a huge impact on your life. Yeah. And I think, like, t- touching on what you just said, I think, you know, if your partner's understanding, that's amazing. But I do also think it does highlight that we shouldn't just be teaching women that there is no normal and that everyone's different. Mm-hmm. We should also be teaching men. Yeah. Um, because I guess in some ways we can't expect them to be... If they're told, you know, this is how it works, yeah. this is how a wo- woman's body works, mm-hmm. they'll be just as confused as you. Yeah. And, you know, it's why everyone needs to kind of be talking about it. 100%. And I think we've got such a long way to go uh-huh. in terms of yeah. education and all the things that kind of our genera- generation missed out on as well. Um, I think we all have a responsibility to keep up with that and read about things and share stories and it's the main reason that I kind of bit the bullet and wrote about my um, female health story on my blog was because I just thought if one young girl could read this or any it's amazing. Or any, a woman in her 30s who still doesn't know what's going on then that will be all worth my kind of embarrassment surrounding was it. Was it really cathartic as well to pen it, it was, down? It was, it was really cathartic and never had so many messages as I have even now still from that from those blog posts so just goes to show that sometimes people are just waiting for that one person to step forward and say something and then everybody's like oh, thank yeah. god me too um they touched upon it in sex education they as did. well didn't they yeah. which was and do you know what the amount of different um issues that and they topics covered. they covered was incredible. incredible as well as being funny and relevant yeah and inclusive yeah amazing amazing series did such a good job yeah um but i guess we just need more um pop culture like that around to kind of um oh yeah if i'd have had that like growing if i'd have watched that at 16 and heard that word i would have been like mom this is what it is we need to go to the doctors this could have been and it saves i can't stress enough stress enough how much having these examples in media and pop culture saves time and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing when it comes to mental health is saving that time where you're not just dragging yourself through the, the overanalyzing. And overanalyzing things and then you develop you know self-confidence issues and self issues with your self-image so yeah talking about stuff just is the is the best thing that we can be doing when Completely. it comes to female health and i think you touched upon this um but i do think it's an important one to mention um an important question to ask even mm-hmm. and when i ask this i don't mean to vilify doctors or nurses because i think they do an amazing job um but do you think that your gp is approachable um <clears throat> and maybe not approachable is the right word do you think that maybe um there is still a lack of understanding towards female health because i feel like my experiences haven't been the best no got mine to say. haven't been the best I remember, I've, I mean, I've had so many different people examine me and... I can imagine. You even sort of get that shame, especially when you've got vaginismus, you don't, the last place you want to be is on a rigid kind of operating table with somebody oh, plucking out a big plastic clamp from a drawer and saying, let's examine you. Like, that's your idea of hell on yeah. earth. So... And they just put that little bit of paper towel yeah, over and you. and it just like, feels oh so, like... Horror, it's just such a horrible situation like really clinical and there's no kind of compassion there really um obviously sometimes you're looking you get a really nice nurse but I remember once having a nurse who I um had like shaved down there yeah and she she was <clears throat> she was looking at me like I was an alien and she was like oh do you grow pubic hair um <laughs> Like, she thought I had some sort of condition where I didn't grow pubic hair. And I was like, no, this is just... I've chosen to shave my body hair because it's my body hair. It's irrelevant to why I've come here. So why are you asking about it? something? Yeah, and then I went home and I was just like... "Um, Did she judge me? Yeah, she judged me. Like, she judged my little bald vagina. How bizarre. I know. So, yeah, I just... And then I went home feeling even more kind of self-conscious because I was like, oh, well, I thought this is what everybody was doing. I thought everybody shaved. 
And then I was like, should I grow it? Should I not? Like, it's just... Yeah, I know. I've had, I've definitely had it before where I felt, not, I don't want to say I felt judged, but I mean, I have had a termination before. Mm. And some of the questions you get, it's so clinical. And you get asked these questions like, do you have, how many sexual partners do you have? Is mm. it just the one? How long have you been with them? Da, 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 da. And I know that they're just trying to sort of like get a background check on you. Yeah. But my God, they are not the questions you need at that moment yeah, in time. In the they are so, they, to me, they're judgy. Yeah. And, and I can only speak from my own experiences, but, but yeah, it is, there is still like, there's a, a real clinicalness to female health. Even your smear test, I think, can, is so daunting, but yet so important. Yeah, well, I actually had my first and only smear test that I've had so far oh, when I was put to sleep. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Because obviously this is something that I wanted to talk about as well. If you have vaginismus or you've had any kind of sexual trauma, having a smear test is not as simple as people like to preach that it oh is online. Gosh, and it really thought. aggravates me, especially with things like moon cups as well. When people get preachy on Instagram and social media, because I think that's fine for you, but your experience is different to everybody else, to other people's that are potentially so out there. Right. And I remember people talking about moon cups and being like, you know, it's it's good for the planet, you should do it. And if you use sanitary products, you're trash, basically. And I just remember thinking, how small-minded, like, you're not taking into consideration that there's people out there that don't even have the option because yeah. they mentally just can't do it or their body physically can't... Um, physically can't... What's the word? They accommodate it. it. Yeah. yeah, they physically can't accommodate something like that. So it's... Any kind of foreign object that's like approaching your vagina when you've got vaginismus is like it's just not going to happen. Like yeah. especially not when you're going through the thick of it. Obviously, it's something that's treatable with therapy and stuff. But yeah, that's just one really important thing that I wanted and to even stress. Aside from you know health issues, periods are already quite an uncomfortable yeah. experience, and it, you know how you want to broach that period in the month is up to it's you it's up to you yeah, yeah. And, and i just feel like we have enough on our plate without also the added guilt of being like is my body are my bodily functions in, environmentally friendly like yeah we don't need that extra stress obviously on top of that. great great if you can make that yeah. decision but if you can only use sanitary towels and things like that that's fine too like yeah you you're just doing the best that you can do for your body and there's other ways that you can help the environment like your period doesn't have to be the top of your list yeah so that's just that's just added guilt that really small changes really aggravates me (laughs) on social media yeah such a good point to mention and when you were saying it then i was proper like yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and obviously smear tests are hugely important but they are also very intimidating Mm -hmm. um and i can also understand why girls put them off yeah i really really can um do you discuss uh, female health issues or female health in general within your circle of friends? And if so, do you think in the past, do you think it's been helpful or actually problematic because I'm straight down the line where sometimes I think it's helpful mm. and actually sometimes I think it's probably been problematic, especially as a teenager? In terms of like the things that I guess people generally experience, I think it's helpful. Yeah. I mean, there's one girl <laughs> in my friendship group that suffered quite badly had quite a a similar story to me but has had a few operations and stuff and has had endometriosis and other various things so we kind of would really click in conversations with that because obviously we've got similar shared experiences whereas sometimes when I'm talking to some of my other friends you maybe haven't experienced that but they've experienced other things like abortion and things like that there's that sense of I do sometimes think you have to have experienced a similar thing to really get what that emotional space is like. Yeah, like a as no, much solidarity. As, you, yeah, but, uh, as much as you can be understanding, and it's great to just talk to any... It's cathartic to talk to anyone about anything, isn't it? If, if they're going to be listening and you're in a trustworthy space and you don't feel like they're going to go and laugh at you afterwards. But I, there is something to be said about talking to someone who's been through the same thing because you just you, you don't really know if you've not been through it I guess well there's Um, a shared trauma there yeah the shared trauma yeah um but yeah talking about it again it's important whether that person's been through it or not I guess and but I can definitely I definitely had feelings of alienation within my group growing up because my experience was just different and that was nobody else's fault it wasn't my own fault it wasn't any of their faults it was just that that was what I was experiencing and unfortunately well Mm. fortunately they weren't experiencing the same thing but it just meant that there was this kind of disconnect 
almost. There wasn't... I didn't understand what was going on with my body. I didn't know how to vocalise it. And they no didn't know... No one else was talking about it. No one else was talking about it. They didn't know what the issue. hell it was. And yeah. then I had doctors telling me to light some candles and invest in some good lubricant. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's just... Nobody really knew. Maybe she like, yeah. face palm. Oh, it does. Yeah. Like, now looking back, I'm Ridiculously just like, so. But, you know, in so many ways, it's given me... You know, the amount of kind of research I've had to do for myself, the amount of doctor's appointments I've had and stuff, it's made me more aware so that now I can help people around me. And, you know, if I ever have a daughter, I'll know about multiple things yeah. that, that she may experience. So there's always a sunny side, a sunny side Completely. up. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't just throw the towel in and say, I've had a rubbish time. You've got to yeah. draw something from it. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the older I've got, the more I think talking about female health is important and it's helpful mm-hmm. I think when I was younger I don't know about that because I think um as a teenager you're wanting to be as normal as possible so the things people are shouting about are the things they think are normalized yeah and so I think if you're slightly different you know if you're late coming on your period mm-hmm. or you know your first sexual experience hurts and think those kind of things I don't think are sh- you don't shout about them no. um but I think certainly like the older I'm getting um I think maybe I can speak more candidly to my friends now I can speak yeah. more honestly um and there have been times when I've shut myself up and not not spoken about a particular issue and then when I've actually plucked up the courage and spoke about it to my friends they've just been like oh you know yeah similar experience or oh mm. yeah know what you mean and it just automatically it's a weight off your shoulders isn't it yeah, I think there's definitely <clears throat> something to be said about just being that, being a little bit brave and just yeah. pushing yourself to yeah. say the thing that's like troubling you or something that you're experiencing that might be a bit different and you think, oh, it, I feel embarrassed about this. But it's not embarrassing. Like, your body is just working the way it should. And, yeah. You know, it, if something's happening that's painful or different, it's because it's trying to tell you something. Like, yeah. you need to figure something out and the worst thing you can do is remain quiet about that and put it off because the longer you suffer in silence with it, the longer you're putting off potential treatment and the more you're kind of alienating yourself from people who will be able to help you as well. So, yeah. On the subject of kind of talking about uh, female health and becoming more vocal with it, um, there's obviously been a huge rise in women kind of discussing female health-related topics on social media. Um, do you think that that's changed any of the experiences that you've had in terms of booking more appointments because of things you've seen online, checking your boobs more because of things you've seen online, like all of those things? Do you think social media is playing a positive role right now in terms of female health? Well, I think we've kind of, we've definitely already touched on this, haven't we, about how the more um, we're talking about it, the more experiences we're hearing and the more we understand that there isn't just one set body and one normal way to be. Yeah. For me personally, I think that the checking your boobs one has yeah. been a really big... Um, Lauren. Yeah. Girl versus Cancer. She's yeah. done an amazing job turning her experience with breast cancer into something so positive and life-changing for other people. Um, we'll link all of those details yes, below but yeah definitely. she's amazing and she's yeah and just in terms of awareness, awareness it's definitely yeah. made me and actually made me feel guilty that before then I, I didn't I even didn't think check, about no, it I didn't, I didn't even know how to you know like the technique yeah, where you're supposed to kind of roll yeah, your palm well, yeah and do it in the shower and I so also think as well when you've got small boobs I know this sounds bad but I kind of just thought well yeah. It's kind of small. Surely it'd be obvious. I could feel but something. But Lauren was the same, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah she spoke about that. Um, yeah, I, I think as well we're starting to get people, obviously like Lauren, um, who were almost becoming like a voice for yeah. our generation and doing it in a way that's more relatable and not clinical. Yeah. I think that's so important, and I just hope that as time goes on, there's there's going to be more people like that that are kind of fighting different causes. Um, that are doing it in a way yeah. that's approachable and that's not intimidating and that doesn't make people feel guilty. It just makes them feel yeah, included. completely. Like, champion all women, not yeah. just one type of women. Yeah. Um, same with, I feel, uh, period poverty has been um, a huge topic, which I've seen uh, raised a few times on uh, Instagram, especially, you know, there's quite a few charities around that. And I mm-hmm. think it's amazing because <clears throat> when you hear the statistics about um, schoolgirls and, you know, the amount that are too ashamed to talk about periods or buy sanitary towels, it, it you know, 
it's it's a big issue. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like <clears throat> I, I, I wrote down a statistic before. It's it's seventy eight percent of teenage girls feel embarrassed to buy sanitary products. That's that's a big number. It's bad, yeah. So I think when we've got, I used these... to get my mum to buy mine all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Even up until probably like uni. Yeah. It was only... if it fell out yeah. your bag in yeah. school, it'd be like, oh my god, I'm yeah. mortified. But yeah. and and these are the um, barriers that we need to break down. So I think when those 100%. things are being talked about on Instagram, can only be a good thing. Um, and if you're a boy that's ashamed to buy your girlfriend sanitary products, then just have a word with yourself because it's the <laughs> yeah. one nice, pleasant thing you can do for someone at that yes. time of the month is go get ice cream and sanitary dolls yeah. and whatever, Hot water bottle. whatever else they need. Yeah, And also just breathe in yeah. and let her vent when she needs to. And please don't say if oh, you just come on yeah. your period in any context because I think a girl is well within a right to... Yeah. Punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Not provoking any violence. But um, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> so, any other any other ways that you think that uh, being more vocal about female health on social media has has changed your perception? And we talk, discussed boobs and obviously period poverty. Anything else? Um. Yeah, I mean, we see things all the time, don't we? That like we spoke about people um, talking about new forms of contraception like there's that yeah. new app natural cycles well it's yeah. not new now but all things like that that kind of crop up and then the rise of like moon cups and things like that and the rise of um people talking about smear tests yeah. and it's just nice to see things cropping up that are important and um, but i still feel like there's a lot of conditions and a lot of things that aren't talked about because maybe they're not as there's not as many people suffering with them so people don't see them as important yeah. but there always is people. There always are people kind of out there that are in need of that. Yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. You're not the only one suffering. And it's it's. I mean, you just touched on this. It's funny because I think there's a lot of people out there with the mindset of you sh- something shouldn't be spoke about mm-hmm. and it's too much information. Um, a few years ago, I, I spoke about the Natural Cycles app, yeah. and I spoke about how I was stopping using contraception, mm-hmm. and I actually got a lot of feedback God. saying that I was being irresponsible yeah, to tell people. I remember that a bit of backlash. Yeah, a lot of people who promoted that app got a similar kind of backlash, didn't they? Which is totally fair enough if you have that opinion but the fact of the matter is for me I thought I was just being very candid and honest I had mm. stopped using hormonal contraception and so to be told that I was irresponsible about my own body I was like wow but what if there are other women who are having similar problems with their implant as I am or have had similar experiences with their doctors where they they don't feel like they know whether they're coming or going and yeah and there's a sense that that's like a systemic sort of issue isn't it like it's not that we need to address why you felt like you needed to come off yeah. contraception completely and why you needed <laughs> to almost take control back of your own body and where does that stem from and how can we change that yeah in terms of like you know we need to talk about contraception more and gps need to give more information yeah. and we need to be taught about the different side effects yes completely and that was the thing that people were like sort of saying you know shame on you we have all these amazing doctors mm. never for a minute am i am i discrediting um no. the nhs or uh, the healthcare in the uk but all i'm saying is i like you said i just reached a point where i wanted to take control of my body and yeah. Um, the, for me, the natural, you know, I'm 30 years old, I'm not naive. I was using the Natural Cycles app to kind of get to grips with understanding my body. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I don't have a um, steady enough lifestyle or um, my, my periods aren't regular at all. So for me, to use it for uh, contraception side of things was probably not advisable. Yeah. But in terms of getting to know my body, like, why not? Like, mm. you know, it was... It was interesting to see. Yeah, and it's that sense again that it's trial and error with contraception. And who is anybody else to judge? Like, it's just... I think we just need to be less judgmental in general when it comes to female bodies um, and female health. Um, This is a subject I think we could talk all day about. Uh, The the more we talk about the more I'm like, oh! And this, this, and this, yeah. I was going to just mention, actually, that um, I read an article the other day that they have actually developed a contraceptive... For men. For men. But mm. the side effects were too bad, apparently. <laughs> oh, so worthy now. We'll just leave it on <laughs> Do that. Do not even get me started no, on, no. on this subject. But oh, yeah. dearie me. So, maybe we should revisit this subject in uh, a few weeks. 
and we can home in on and we can think about the topics that we haven't really discussed or we've missed out yeah I think that's going to be similar to a lot of things we discuss on here they're they're kind of subjects that can't really be condensed into one short episode but I think we have rambled long enough about this but yeah hopefully some of you found today or most of you found today um interesting in some way or it made you feel a little bit a little bit less alone we're going to link probably loads of stuff in the show notes Mm -hmm. for this one because um it's probably one of the more important topics that we've discussed um and yeah we'll see you in the next one and hopefully we'll be a bit more awake in that one (laughs) yes Um, see you next time see you next time Bye. bye